Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. I'm Jen. I'm Beth. And I'm Gwen. We are picking up part two in Ephesians. And Beth, last week you outlined the indicatives, the imperatives, um, the first three chapters being about kind of who we are in Christ and in a lot of things. Um, And then the last three chapters being things that are we have to be careful not to avoid or evade, um, basically how you live life. Um, imperatives are things that you must do or things that need to be happening. And so we, we didn't get past chapter one, did we? Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't get past verse uh, 14, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what happened was this wonderful conversation about God's will and his plan and how even... You know, I, I brought up the one verse in Revelation seventeen seventeen that talks about even the nations of the earth, um, whether they realize it or not, they're allowed to have a common plan because it serves the purposes of God's ultimate plan. Um, and so this idea of God's plan kind of reigning across things. Um, and I had also brought up just that, um, Jen, you and I had kind of talked about verses that, that Um, showed how before the foundation of the world, before creation, before any of this was um, reality, that um, we were chosen in Christ, but that also that Christ's sacrifice was already part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that it kind of struck me was just uh, he could have done anything. And I had a Sunday school teacher one time um, really challenge us, why was this God's plan? So before even sin was a problem, Uh, This was God's plan. And so there has to be something specific about this plan that this had to be the plan. So it has to have such a purpose that there's no other plan that could do perfectly that purpose. Um, And what we kind of come to is that this plan of Christ being sent to lay down his life for his creation to redeem us so mirrors who God is, the heart of the Father, and his love for us, that this was the perfect way to show it, to demonstrate it, to um, allow us to be able to tangibly experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of where we ended up. So I'm going to toss that out for us and see where we end up today. How's that? Wow. Will we get through more than 14 verses today? And does it matter? We are mm-hmm. on the journey, right? We I mean, certainly we, are. We want to we uh, stop and smell all the roses we can along the way, right? Uh, gather and glean all the gems in Scripture. I'm so thankful that no matter how many times, and sometimes we think, oh, we've already talked about that. But we we've certainly haven't covered it all, mm-hmm. right? Even when we talked about it months ago or yesterday or the other day there's there's new things to glean from scripture every day scripture is not new mm-hmm. but how mm-hmm. we look at it and what sort of what we what god reveals to us in our hearts and that heart knowledge of oh that is some suddenly illuminated for me like mm-hmm. i didn't see that before mm-hmm. i have i've literally said wait a minute that verse was mm-hmm. not there i've read this <laughs> i know it wasn't th- you know well i've never moment. seen it that way before mm-hmm. yeah. right scripture is alive and active yeah, it is. absolutely and the bible is not a once and done book right That's the bible is oh i mean we just we need to continue to be in it and oh. the holy spirit within us is oh. god living in us helping us to understand that's yes. one of his jobs yes. is to teach us spiritual things and help us to comprehend right. well and it it even talks about in that in the breakdown of 
the let's see the Hebrew w- word for word, right? Exactly. It's 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 the graphia, which is the written word. It's the logos, which is the mm-hmm. spoken. It's Jesus, mm-hmm. and and then it's the rhema, and that's for what we're going through right now. When God speaks that over our hearts, it's alive. It's active. It's working, but we have to open it mm. we have to it has to be in us you know we this is not a passive um, journey through this book this is this is the word of god spoken mm. over us to us in us through us this is this is amazing mm-hmm. i mean if if you think you don't have anything to be thankful for uh, let's start with the word of god and the privilege of prayer the creator of this earth, the author of life, wants to be in relationship, communication with me? Oh, let's just stop there. It, well, I'm not going to stop there because here's another beautiful story that I just love to retell. My dear, sweet friend Bev, her husband was diagnosed with dementia about 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Um, and I, I tell you what, they are people of the word, people who love the Lord. And they were just like, Lord, oh, we didn't see this coming. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's what they did. They, they called the church immediately and, and had a healing service. Um, um, you know, John was anointed with oil and prayed over. And they just lived out each day asking God, okay, now what? I, I tell Bev all the time, you, I got to watch your love story because you loved John through this so beautifully. Whatever the doctor said, that's what she did. It was like the word. This is the spoken word to me. I have to do this because of my love for my husband. And so when he said, you know, no more uh, deli sandwiches. It needs to be a hot meal three times a day. She made sure. She made hot meals three times a day. You you want to keep his mind working, and so number games and, you know, things like that three times a day. Exercise. She did it. She did everything. And, and in all of that, the things that broke her heart was this was a man who loved to read, and he could no longer read books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she saw this man that she had known and loved for so long, becoming someone other than himself but one day she said to him John you can't read a book and yet you sit down with the word of God every day and he said oh honey the Bible is so different than other books you don't have to sit down and read it from the front to the back you can just open it and read just a portion of it (laughs) and God's going to speak to you just in in those however many verses you can read. And so he continued to read throughout his diagnosis. Now, this is the rest of the story. I believe his diagnosis came in the early 2000s. In January of 2019, she came to me and she said, Beth, I have to tell you something. She said, you know, every year we go in for a checkup and Every year, the doctor's like, yeah, so we're going to keep doing this and doing this. And she said, this year we went, and the doctor said, um, I don't want to be premature in this, but uh, I think you're healed. He said, your numbers, your, 
you had something. We have the evidence in all of these records that you had something, but you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I have watched a modern-day miracle, but it wasn't an overnight miracle. It was a journeying with God. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's straight out of Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. And that's what they did. They kept their eyes on him through. And he walked with them. And they're out on the other side. Now, does that mean no more life in a fallen world? No. We all got fallen world issues. But this thing, this thing, God worked in and through. And I just love that John continued to look to his word through this process. Because to me, it's like, yeah, that's 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 the healing balm mm. that we all have the opportunity to pick up. We might not be able to afford the latest, greatest medicines and treatments. But you know what we do have? We have the word of God to guide us, to guard us, to remind us, to fill us. Ah. Yeah, and the word became life, mm-hmm. and we have him. Yeah. Okay, First Peter. Yes. <clears throat> Chapter 1. Sorry, I'm studying this right now, so I'm like, hmm, it's right here. Anyway, verse 24 quotes Old Testament passage. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall off, but the word mm-hmm. of the Lord endures forever. Mm-hmm. And this is the word that was preached to you. Mm-hmm. The word of the Lord. And in Revelation, the last thing that is said, one of the last things is about um, Revelation 22. Jesus is literally called the word of God Mm -hmm. who stands eternal. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that gives you goosebumps, but realizing that at the very last chapter of the entire book, you know, the Genesis starts with God existing and speaking everything into existence with his voice. He spoke the word. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have John saying in the first John that, and and in the gospel of John, that in the beginning was the word right. and the word was with God and the word was God. And then we have in verse 14 of the gospel of John, where he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then you get all the way to the end in um, revelations and you get literally this image of, Jesus standing, and he is called the Word of God. And and Jesus didn't become his name till he was here on this earth. His name, eternal, the Word, the Word. And oh my, how we've taken the Word for granted. Oh Lord, help us to recognize who you are and how you speak to us and how you work in and through us. Ah, what a privilege we have been given through the truth of his word. Ah, Ephesians. (laughs) Oh, our inheritance. Ladies, we said we were going to look at the imperatives. The imperatives are the now, how do we live this out? When we recognize what we've been given. I I look at Paul's words in, in the first three chapters, and I I see so often he says, for this reason, for this reason. He's like, get this, get this, for this reason, for this reason. It's for this, this eternal purpose that God 
put in place before the foundation of the earth for his love for his people for this reason. Let, let's just go to chapter 3 and read it today, ladies. Um, Jenna, I'm going to have you start verse 1. Okay. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you have heard, haven't you, about the administration of God's grace that he gave to me for you. The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written about. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now revealed to his holy apostle and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the least of all saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are for your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width the height and the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that is work in us, in me, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen 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 and it is for this reason Mm -hmm. that we have the privilege of living out life on this earth as his ambassadors Mm -hmm. his representation here for such a time as this to the circle of influence that we have been called to do life in Mm -hmm. with and so we get to chapters 4, 5, and 6 that talk about what does this life look like? What is not to be avoided or evaded? Um, There's no avoid and ignore here, folks. This is a recognize and respond. So I look at uh, chapter 4, and Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, 
just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Ooh. Can we sit in that a little bit? <laughs> and then I think back to the, I think it's an old sermon or maybe a book, How Then Shall We Live? Yeah, when you take all of that in, what does that look like lived out? How's that working for you? As they uh, popularized uh, that phrase a number of years ago on a television show. How's that working for you? Are you living out of the inheritance that you have in Christ. Mm. And those words, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That really doesn't look like many relationships sometimes that we encounter Mm. every day, does it? Um, Especially with the world's impact becoming heavier and heavier i would agree what what does that look like for you yeah i I mean sometimes we put a lot of energy into disrupting that bond you know instead of preserving it or fighting for Mm -hmm. it or pursuing it Mm -hmm. you know i think it takes a lot of work actually to pursue peace um and unity within the body of christ uh you know this is this is the chapter that um uh one of our pastors just preached on this past weekend and it yeah, it, it's the the key in all of that is the humility of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not somebody else's humility. Mm-hmm. It's my mm-hmm. humility. I must walk in humility. I must have patience. I must be gentle. I must bear one another in love. I've got to make the effort to keep the unity in the bonds of peace. The chapter goes on and kind of in the middle of all this, verses 9 through uh, 13, he, you know, Paul just puts in there, you know, Jesus ascended on high and he led captives in his train and gave his gifts to men. And if, if he ascended, that means, means he also descended. But, and, and I think in all of that, isn't that the truth? No, we, we don't have any of these things. We don't have the power of any of these things without Christ's mm-hmm. sacrifice. And not just the sacrifice, but the resurrection power and what he gives us to us in his spirit. But verse 14 uh, really struck me this weekend. It says, then... We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Mm-hmm. We all got mm-hmm. a part to play, right? Mm-hmm. We, all, we all have to be walking in humility. And if we were, if each one of us were walking in humility and being patient and gentle and bearing one another in love, you know, where would the break in, in unity be? There wouldn't be one. Um, it's it's the love we have for one another that is supposed to show the world, and yet we fail, and I'll just say I fail at that so much. It's, it's heartbreaking in a very real way. Uh, people, people look at Christians, and they don't see Christ's love. Mm-hmm. They don't 
they don't want to be that. They're, they don't see power in that. They don't see, I mean, sometimes they don't even see good in that. Like, that's not the way you treat someone, or that's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like the total opposite of what we, we really want to present as ambassadors of Christ. But, you know, in our salvation, in our following, in our walk with God as a disciple, let us not uh, belittle or minimize what we are called to. We're called to follow him. We're, we're, call, we're called to join in his suffering, okay? Mm. How many of us want to suffer? You'd be the first to raise your hand, right? Nobody wants that, but it's what we're called to. And, and he, he, though he was totally mistreated and abused and had the right to say, this isn't right, he, did, he said nothing. Mm -hmm. He said nothing. They reviled him, and he didn't return it. He just loved them. That's what we're called to. And Missy, I sometimes think of that verse as we talk about that. And I think Christ knew the outcome of every single person he encountered. Mm, yes. Every mm -hmm. single person, you know, even though we think even of Judas, mm -hmm. he knew the outcome. And he chose every Judas person knowing. that touched him during this crucifixion in every moment leading up to that, yeah. he knew their outcome. And yet he did not yeah. revile mm -hmm. those no. who reviled him. No. I mean, he didn't even, with Judas, how did he treat Judas? Literally, how did he treat him? With love and respect. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He still washed his feet. He washed his feet. He, he loved him. He looked him in the eyes and loved him every day for three years. Yeah. From the moment that he called him. Yeah. So, so here's my challenge. Think of your most prickly person. Mm. We all have them in our lives, right? The hardest person in your life to love. How do we treat them? Ouch. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, right? Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. But make no mistake, we're all called to it. Mm -hmm. We're all called to it. And yeah, mm. for his eternal purposes, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I think. Well. And I was just thinking the, the walking through the suffering of just brokenness sometimes or relationships that aren't healing or um, just things that are happening. There's a fellowship with Christ in his sufferings. Mm -hmm. By joining Christ, there's a fellowship. Fellowship is relationship. And so one of the things that we end up finding out is that when we embrace that suffering and ask the Lord to walk with us through it, instead of trying to find the escape route, mm -hmm. trying to get away from it, trying to blame somebody else for it, being mad at God for it, um, isolating from him, when we join him in that state of suffering, in that sense of suffering, there is a sweet fellowship that mm -hmm. can't, the taste of that, you you don't get from times of goodness, you know, and blessing and, and those moments. There is something about joining him in his sufferings that gives us um, a personal walk with Jesus and an experiential fellowship with him that I don't think can be tasted apart from suffering. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, when we sell a gospel that teaches that suffering is because you lack faith, I think we do a horrible um, 
discrepancy to the gospel. Mm. And honestly, we spit in the face of all of the apostles Mm. that went before us and all of the believers that are martyred around the world or facing intense persecution because we look at them and we basically say, you're only walking through this because you don't have enough faith. Because if you're really walking with God, life should be good. Yeah, that's not you what Scripture says at all. It's right. not at all. It's Endure not. hardship. It's a lie from the enemy. <laughs> In this world, you will have trouble. I, yep. And this this does remind me of, of Philippians chapter 3. Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, fellowship. of sharing in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how Paul endured everything he endured. Mm-hmm. I mean, beatings and whippings and threats to his life, shipwreck, stoning. And that's how he could greet every one of those things with joy. Yeah. That's how Consider he it say. all joy, my brethren. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because the trying of our faith produces endurance. And, right. you know, and on all of the things that are come out of that, um, that it proves out our salvation, yeah. that it literally validates the authenticity of our faith. Yeah. You know, all of those things. Uh, yeah. The amount God uses suffering in the lives of a believer. Honestly, we should never run from suffering. It should be something we it shouldn't be something we seek out. But when it comes, it should be greeted with a, okay, Lord, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. This is hard. I would never want to choose to walk this, but I'm going to embrace this because you've got something in this yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. In his letters to the churches, Paul addresses those things so well in, in, in the majority of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, we're the church, right? Maybe we need to reread these letters to remind ourselves how to respond in the face of these trials. Mm-hmm. I, I think about, you know, Romans when he says, do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. I, I think of Colossians where he says, rid yourself. Get rid of it. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Of all anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your mouth. I, I think of all these words that he's given us that show us how to live life in this fallen world. But ladies, let's go to Ephesians 6 mm-hmm. and let's look at this armor of God mm-hmm. that he offers for us to clothe ourselves with, to guard our, our hearts and our minds and our steps and our journey through all that he has given us. And so, brethren, cistern, sisters, mm-hmm. cistern doesn't sound good. Sister. <laughs> well, finally, water. verse 10, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly place. I have to stop right there and say, your enemy is not sleeping on the pillow next to you. Mm-hmm. Your enemy is not the person who who gave birth to your spouse. Your enemy is not the person in the next cubicle or the driver ahead of you or the opposing team. There is an enemy don't make that enemy the person that you're doing life with it, 
fight, fight the real enemy. So this is how you fight the enemy. You take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14 says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt of truth, that's the word. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's not our righteousness. That's not self-righteousness. That's God's righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I, you, we are ambassadors for. Paul was in chains and he asked that we, we would pray for him be for him, support him, each other. There are people walking around in chains that we don't see their chains. But we have the opportunity to pray for them, that they would declare boldly for this one that they are representing. Oh, folks, let's fight the right enemy. Let's, let's put on the the whole armor of God, and keep our eyes on him as we live out life in this fallen world. No blaming, no complaining, no defending, only standing firm in the word, on the word, because of our inheritance in Christ. Don't take our word for it. Open the word. And thanks for joining us here at the table. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.